This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the word of God says it, I believe it. And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. One of the most beloved passages of Scripture is the Beatitudes. And of course, that's the section of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, in which the Lord Jesus outlines who is blessed and why. So we see the Lord saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, who are gentle and merciful and pure in heart and those who are peacemakers. But if you read the passage right in the middle of all those declarations about those who are blessed is verse 6, which says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And in verses 10 and 11, the Lord says, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. We live in a day now when I think those verses are resonating in a new way. And that's because we're witnessing a steady unraveling of righteousness and justice right before our very eyes. The rule of law is being shredded in America. In many instances, people are calling for the eradication of the police. Lawlessness and anarchy are growing. Christians are under increasing pressure and unjust treatment as our nation increasingly rejects God and embraces evil. And even in many churches, there's a terrible compromise and even repudiation of the pure gospel of Jesus Christ as we are seeing the suppression of truth and unrighteousness that Romans 1 lays out. And that's why a lot of us might be asking right now, how long, O Lord, must we yearn for righteousness and justice before we will be satisfied? So we're going to explore the important biblical themes of righteousness and justice today, which the Psalms remind us are the very foundation of the throne of God. And we're going to get some wisdom on it all from Mike Gendron, who is founder of the ministry Proclaiming the Gospel and author of two great books, Preparing for Eternity and Contending for the Gospel. And Mike also has his own amazing personal story to share about these themes. So it's just great to welcome you back, Mike. How are you doing? I am blessed, Janet, and it's good to be back with you. Well, great to have you here. I want to start out with your story because some people might have heard a little bit about it, and I know you have an update to share. You had a recent experience with this injustice topic on a flight that you took, and and it was interesting how the Lord answered your prayers and the prayers of people who were praying for you. Tell us what happened. Well, it really was an interesting time because we actually were going up to Green Bay, Wisconsin to do a two-day conference there at one of the churches. And on our way from Dallas to Chicago on American Airlines, we minded our own business. We actually watched a movie and did a little reading. And we never had any conversation with any of the flight attendants other than to ask for a cup of water about 90 minutes into the flight. And of course, when we did, we took our mask down and drank our water and put our mask back up. But evidently, one of the flight attendants, or maybe more than one, filed a complaint that I was disobedient, I wasn't obeying the mask mandate, and I was flying without a mask. And so this 
evidently uh, caused quite a stir within American Airlines because on our way back home, we stopped at the um, Green Bay Airport to fly back. We went up to the counter, and the attendant there told me that I was no longer allowed to fly on American Airlines, that I was now on the no-fly list. Wow. Well, needless to say, I was stunned because no one had said anything to me on the flight up. Um, it was just totally shocked. And it just turned out to be um, something that for the next hour, the attendant tried to find out what the problem was that placed me on the no-fly list. And he was surprised because he noted that I'd been flying for American Airlines for over 50 years, that I was approaching 2 million miles and a, a gold member. And so he just couldn't understand why I'd be put on the no-fly list. Evidently, there was no reason why. And so it wasn't until we got back to Dallas, and before that, of course, we had to spend the night on Green Bay, pay for a hotel, and then we had to fly back on another carrier the next day at the cost of $600. And so it was a little financial hardship for us to not only be banned from flying, but also to incur the financial penalty. And so when we got back two days later, we got an email from Corporate Security of American Airlines stating that there was an incident regarding me on the flight from Dallas to Chicago, and because of that incident of violating the face mask, I was now placed on the no-fly list until the mandate for face mask has been removed. And so this was outrageous. It was shocking to me because, as I said, I never had any conversation with any of the flight attendants, and so for this to come up on my record was um, just an injustice towards me. And I actually placed it on Facebook hoping that, you know, there would be some pressure applied to American Airlines that they would look into it and recognize that it was a false claim. And when I put it on Facebook and social media, it went viral throughout the world. And we started getting people that were sharing this account, this injustice from American Airlines on their Facebook pages. And before you know it, we're hearing from people in Croatia and New Zealand and South Africa and the Philippines and Spain, and they're all giving my support and and recognizing that possibly, since it was a Chicago-based crew, that maybe one of the flight attendants recognized me and identified me as one who was recognizing the Roman Catholic religion as a huge mission field. And so maybe there was some retaliation there. There's really no other explanation other than mistaken identity, perhaps, but um, we pursued it with customer relations and corporate security says it was a closed case and that um, the next thing people were recommending that I do was to file a lawsuit. But I just asked people to begin praying that our sovereign Lord would come into play and he would reconcile this um, incident that was really a false claim. And so with more and more people praying and people that had contacts with the CEO of American Airlines, the message finally got to him and he in turn turned it over to corporate management. The case was reopened and It was just last week that I got a call from American Airlines stating that I'd now been restored to Mm, the fly list. Great. 
They ended up refunding the unused portion of our round trips that we did not take, but they refused to pay the extra expenses that it took to fly back and for the hotel. And so we're very pleased and satisfied that uh, our sovereign Lord intervened and the prayers of the saints really were, I think, what turned the hearts of the CEO management and of American Airlines. So we're praising God. And um, again, I think, Janet, as you mentioned in your opening comments, there is a lot of injustice that is going on now, especially for truth bearers, for those who are conservatives, for Christians who are upholding the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think we can expect more of this as we go toward the end times. And I think this has been probably a good example for what we need to do. We need to be trusting in our Lord for the outcomes of these particular cases and also trusting in him for our security mm-hmm. and also for righteousness and justice to be upheld in this fallen world. Right. Well, praise God for your happy ending. I was one of the many who were praying for you and your wife, Jane, and you travel so much for your ministry, proclaiming the gospel, Mike, and sharing the gospel and, and teaching the word of God. And, and you know, you have an enemy of your soul, just as we all do. And this this just seemed to come out of nowhere. And, and I'll tell you, it was really unnerving because we have seen these other viral videos where, for example, Jewish families were getting kicked off airplanes for their you know children who were under two years old, not wearing a mask, which wasn't even against the rules. And, and you do begin to ask some of these questions. Well, is this actually a, a case where you have particular particular flight attendants targeting maybe in that case Jewish families or in your case Christians because they just don't like what they believe and in your case obviously we may never know but it really does raise this important issue of righteousness and justice in our culture so we're going to get into it in more depth when we come back you're listening to Janet Meffer today stay with us. Fellow Christians are suffering in Africa. This is Janet Mefford. Pastor Lumo ministers in Mozambique near the Indian Ocean. He's been beaten and jailed many times, not merely for what he believes, but for how he lives out his faith. You see, Lumo has been quietly and faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims, and many are coming to Christ. But extremists have assaulted Lumo, his family, and many in his church. But they're not asking for an end to the persecution they face. Instead, they're praying for God's word to endure and persevere as new followers of Christ. I've seen people being changed by reading the scripture. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. Through the ministry of Bible League International, you can send God's word to a new believer in Africa. $5 sends one Bible. $100 sends 20. Call now, 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D. Or there's an Open the Floodgates Bibles for Africa banner to click at JanetMefford.com. Hi, this is Janet Mefford. Did you miss the deadline to sign up for a healthcare program at the end of 2020? If so, I have good news. A special enrollment period is taking place now through August 15th, meaning that if you're looking to enroll in a new healthcare program for 2021, you can do so without the need for a qualifying event. 
More than 200,000 Americans trust Liberty HealthShare for their healthcare needs. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that offers affordable healthcare sharing programs starting as low as $199 per month. Liberty HealthShare gives you the ability to choose any doctor or hospital across the nation. Memberships are for individuals, couples, and families, offering a variety of options to best suit your medical needs. Discover more about the power of sharing at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT today. For more information, call 855-585-4237, 855-585-4237, or libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. We live in some very strange times, don't we? Mike Gendron, my guest, is founder of Proclaiming the Gospel, an author, and uh, recently had an incredible experience that he was sharing before we went to break when he was flying for his ministry on American Airlines and found himself on the no-fly list for allegedly not wearing his mask when, in fact, he had worn his mask the entire flight. And, you know, this really is interesting. You had a happy ending, Mike, because you got to the right people at American Airlines and you were vindicated and it was a false thing. But it makes a lot of Christians say, well... How do we know it would never happen to another Christian? We don't know for sure that it was because you were a Christian that this mix-up occurred. But uh, what what do you take away from your entire incident about this issue of, of justice in general? I think we have to recognize the environment in which we live in now. America has really lurched to the left over the last four months, and free speech is now being silenced, and culture is being canceled, and truth is being suppressed, and Justice is now being replaced by lawlessness, and so we have to recognize that we're in a very hostile environment, and we probably need to be praying for divine protection, both spiritually and physically, as we go towards the end times, because that's what the Bible says. There will be more and more of this as we approach the day of our Lord returning. So I guess my message to Christians is just be prepared for the injustices that are going to be taking place in our lives. And the more we stand for the truth, the more we're going to be uh, attacked and the more attempts there are going to be to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. So we just need to be prepared. We need to be in prayer that God would uh, protect us spiritually as well as physically. Amen. Well, now, when we're talking about these dual themes of righteousness and justice, which you wrote about in your most recent newsletter, there may be people saying, well, I understand what righteousness is and I understand what justice is. What is the connection between those two themes, though? Well, in the Bible, justice and righteousness are often used synonymously Righteousness is the quality or character of being right or just, and it is an attribute of God, and it speaks both for His justice as well as His holiness. And as you mentioned in your opening comments, righteousness and justice are the very foundation of His throne. We see that in Psalm 89:14. And so when we say that God is just, we mean that He is perfectly righteous in the treatment of His creatures, and He shows no partiality at all. And so I think in order to begin to understand God's justice, we need to recognize what sin is, because sin is lawlessness and it's contrary to God's holy nature. It requires divine justice for the sinner, and the penalty is death. And, of course, the Bible speaks of death as being physical, spiritual, and ultimately eternal, which is separation from God. But God didn't leave us this way 
He demonstrated his love and his mercy and grace towards sinners, and he sent his only son, the Lord Jesus, to satisfy divine justice for all those who would believe in his name. And so we see in the Bible that Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And that's 1 Peter 3.18. And so when we look at justice and righteousness in the Bible, this is what we yearn for as Christians. We We yearn for the day when Jesus will rule and reign and Justice and righteousness will be the foundation of his throne. That's right. It's interesting because we do hear a lot these days about so-called racial justice, social justice. How do these concepts that are pushed by the left misunderstand biblical justice, Mike? What is the difference between what they're saying out there in the culture that justice is versus what the Bible says? Well, they have a different definition of what justice is. And I know that you're very well versed in this, Janet. But uh, it seems to be there's a move toward equity to try and make everything equal, whether it be economic equity, where everybody gets the same amount of income. And we're very familiar with the CRT and the critical race theory that's invading not only our schools, but also our churches. And Mm -hmm. so this is the wrong kind of justice. In fact, it's injustice. It's actually... Um, dividing our country into two different countries. And more and more, we need to be aware of this, and we need to contend for the true justice and the true righteousness that we see revealed so clearly in the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Now, I had mentioned Romans 1 before, and I talk an awful lot about Romans 1. I camp out on Romans 1, let's just be honest. And I I go back again to verse 18, where it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through through what has been made so that they are without excuse for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So this is the classic passage about what happens when a society goes the route our society is going now. And this is not just a problem, obviously, Mike, in our culture, It's also, as you said, a problem in our churches. Can you comment on this issue of what it means to suppress the truth and unrighteousness and how that leads, as Romans 1 talks about, sexual immorality and and basically just the dropping out of the bottom of a culture when you turn your back on the Lord? Well, sure. What you're seeing in Romans chapter 1 is really what we're facing today in America, and it's a spiritual battle. Satan uses his demons and his human agents to rule the world in unrighteousness and injustice. And how does he do it? By getting his agents to suppress the truth of God and unrighteousness. His is the kingdom of darkness, and it's manifested by sin and evil. And so we have this battle um, against the enemy forces, and unbelievers love darkness. We know that from Scripture. They flaunt their sins and they hate justice and righteousness. And Jesus explained why in John 7, 7. He says, you hate me because I tell you, that, I tell you that your deeds are evil. Right. And so this is what generates the hate toward Christians and 
and possibly Jews today, because the dominating human sin is pride. Mm. When you unmask their unrighteousness and injustice, they become angry. And so I think we can look to the corruption of America as a spiritual issue. We can better understand the lack of righteousness and justice by understanding Satan's influence in the world. We see in 1 John 2, 16, that the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And so this is what divides our country. We've got the believers in the kingdom of God and the unbelievers in the kingdom of Satan. And so what drives unbelievers and their influence toward the world is a spiritual battle. They love darkness rather than light, and they suppress the truth of God and unrighteousness. Well, that's right. And it's very scary to see it unravel in front of your very eyes, especially when you grow up in a nation that used to be all about the rule of law and about fairness and about rules. And it's what it's interesting to me, Mike, because what we've seen happening, I think, especially with the younger generations who have no memory of communism or the Cold War, when you see the unraveling of the moral and spiritual, um, I would say, condition of the United States, if you can talk about it as one big condition. You see, for example, what happened to President Trump, impeaching him over a lie twice. And there was no big outcry from the other side of the aisle uh, who hated Trump versus those who liked Trump. But I, I use that as an, as an example of saying there was a time when people would have said, even regardless of where I stand on the political side, you don't go after somebody and try to impeach somebody over something that never happened. What do you make of the fact that the people themselves don't have a problem with injustice if it involves someone they don't like? Well, again, I think it goes back to unbelievers are driven by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. And so this is what drives our corrupt politicians, big tech, big pharma, and even the media. It's their drive for money, for power, and control. And so we've got a lot of quite ignorant American citizens that put these people in office not realizing that this is their goal. They want to maintain their positions. They love the power. They love the money. And uh, ultimately, they love control. You know, that's ultimately what's driving our country right now is um, the eliminating of freedom for American citizens so that big government can control its people. And wow, have we seen that throughout the COVID crisis where our freedoms have been taken away And Janet, this is why I think more than ever we need to stand for our freedom, because if we don't, uh, it's just going to disappear. I totally agree with you, Mike. And and you look, the same crowd that's screaming justice, justice, justice is the same crowd that is reveling in injustice against its enemies. And, And as you mentioned, it isn't just necessarily President Trump, former President Trump, but Christians, people on Facebook, people on Twitter, people on Instagram, people getting canceled for saying that men can't marry each other, things like this. And it's it seems like it's creeping, but really it seems to be accelerating now. Do you do you believe that is the case, that we're just seeing a faster and faster acceleration of these trends? I think that's what's really so surprising is how quickly all of this has unfolded. We're really seeing the implosion of America. Just in the last four months, it's just amazing how rapid everything has changed. And um, I, I'm just uh, really fearful for America right now because it's no longer the country that we grew up in 
And if we see how quickly everything has changed in four months' time, we better fasten our seatbelt because the coming months it's even going to get worse. Yes. Well, that that is something that we really need to keep in mind. And and I think that you offer some great encouragement along those lines that we have to be faithful to Jesus Christ, regardless of what is going on in the culture. Mike Gendron with us from Proclaiming the Gospel. You are listening to Janet Meffer today. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Proverbs 14:34 says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And I think there are a lot of Americans who have forgotten that or have never heard it, and if they did hear it, they might not agree with it. But Mike Gentron from Proclaiming the Gospel has a really great handle on what ails our country and what may be ahead for Christians increasingly when we see the lawlessness and anarchy rising. This is to be expected at the end of days, but we also have to learn how to follow Christ regardless of what's going on in the culture. You know, I also think, Mike, of another verse, Proverbs 29, 2, which says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. What should our expectations be for the administration of righteousness and judgment on earth? Because as Americans, we have been historically a a country that has been guided by the rule of law. When you look at issues like the border, that just kind of goes up in smoke because now we have a whole lot of people who don't care about the rule of law. Should we expect justice on earth to any degree? Because there are Christians now who are saying, "Eh, you know, just let everything go to pot. Jesus is going to come back. We shouldn't worry about it. How do you see it? Well, that's a good question, Janet. In fact, we we as a country have been blessed so abundantly by our gracious God. But America has now become a moral cesspool. We're overflowing with ungodliness and unrighteousness and wickedness and I mean, think about it. Our government has given women the right to murder their babies in the womb. And as a result, millions of human beings have been killed in abortion. Sexual perversions of all types are now defiantly flaunted. God's unique design for marriage has been overturned in a landmark decision by the Supreme Court. Our country has become the largest supplier of pornography. How can we ask for God's blessings anymore? These are all symptoms of a greater evil, which is the sin of idolatry. And I think more than ever, we can point to this. Our nation has turned its back on the one true God by worshiping gods of all the false religions So as a nation, we should no longer ask for God's blessing. In fact, every time I see a bumper sticker on a car that says, God bless America, I want to get my mark a lot out and put ED at the end of bless, because Mm. God blessed America, and now all we can expect is His judgment, Mm. because we have turned our back on Him 
That's such a serious thing. And what about a church that isn't seeking God's righteousness and isn't getting the gospel right? Because I know you have great concerns about the widespread compromise of the gospel of Jesus Christ and some of these unbiblical methods of evangelism that have been popular in recent decades that are not bringing men and women to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What are some of your concerns about the effects of all of this jettisoning of righteousness and justice and how that has affected the church? Well, the church is called to be the seed and the light of God in a corrupt society. And what's happened to many of our churches now is we've invited the world in. And so rather than being obedient to the Lord's Great Commission and having a holy huddle to equip and encourage the saints to go out and witness and fulfill the Great Commission, we've invited the world in. And so pastors spend more time feeding the goats and entertaining the goats than actually feeding the sheep. And so unfortunately, um, we're not seeing a whole lot of spiritual growth in many of our churches today. It's really tragic because the gospel of God has been undermined by many apostate churches. And, of course, the seeker-sensitive church growth movement has come into play as well. Yep. So we've been, we've been seeing a different message. It's a message that uh, tries to make people happy rather than holy. And these pastors are really being disobedient to the Word of God. What they're doing is they're encouraging terrorists to come into the church and of course, we know from Scripture that terrors are false converts, and once false converts come into the church, then pastors turn their attention to them, and um, then they grow up and they become leaders, and then the church drifts towards apostasy. And so this shouldn't surprise us because, again, the Bible reveals that this is what the end times will look like, mm-hmm. there'll be a, a growing apostasy. And so we're seeing that, and more than ever, I think we need to make sure that we're proclaiming the purity and the exclusivity of the gospel, because that is the only thing that's going to bring sinners to faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, many churches today have compromised the gospel, and one of the great problems is the attempt to, unity, the attempt to unify with the Roman Catholic religion. And we've got evangelicals that are signing unity accords. And the only way we can ever have unity with the apostate church of Rome is to compromise the gospel, to take away its offense and to water it down so that we can have unity with a false and fatal gospel of the Roman Catholic religion. Well, yes, and when you have the Pope talking about Mother Earth and climate change and all these kinds of things, and he seems to have more interest in a Marxist worldview than anything resembling a Christian worldview, it is a great cause for concern, and even among some Catholics, they're saying, what is going on here? You know, it's interesting, Mike, because I was talking about this recently. LifeWay Research just came out with an analysis finding that in 2019, more Protestant churches closed than opened. And that uh, was a big reversal from about five years earlier. We've seen church membership dropping in America below 50% for the first time in 80 years. We now have uh, George Barner coming out showing that 6%, only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. And you look at all the blessings, as you said, God blessed America. Look at our history here in the United States and how we had pilgrims come over here to find religious freedom and how devoted to the Lord those people were just trying to escape all of the abuse 
abuses of the Church of England. And look where we are now. You mentioned the church growth movement, but what else do you think has led to this problem? Just in the day-to-day church, the average church that a lot of people go to, what's gone wrong, do you think? Well, unfortunately, many pastors look at... um the opportunity to make a lot of money, to gain a lot of influence and prestige in the community. And so the best way to do that is to attract lost people into their church. And so many of our churches have become entertainment centers. And rather than preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they have watered it down so that it's not offensive to unbelievers. And so what we see is a compromised gospel that's been stripped of its power to save anyone. And I think that's why you see the statistics that church membership is down, that people recognize they can get their entertainment elsewhere. They don't have to go to a church to be entertained. But more than ever, we're having phone calls and emails from all over the country, people asking, where can I find a solid biblical church that teaches the whole counsel of God verse by verse. They're on the endangered species list, and so if you want to find a seeker-friendly church, they're on every corner, a church that is either drifting into apostasy or is already going into full-blown apostasy. And so it's really difficult for true born-again Christians to find a place where they can go and get solid biblical teaching and have true Christian fellowship. Well, right. And and what's really striking to me is as the culture becomes more and more hostile to Christianity and it costs you something to be a Christian, this is really going to split the sheep from the goats, is it not? We're going to see the tares fleeing in, in large numbers toward the culture and away from Christianity. You're already seeing this with this movement of deconstruction within the church. Well, they're not, you know, Christians get the LGBT love wrong. They need to be compassionate and they get social justice wrong. They love the world. They don't love the Lord. And is this a, a method that God is using, do you do you see, to purify his church? Most definitely. As you very well stated, it's going to be a polarizing effect. The true born-again Christians are going to go one way, and the false converts and the pretenders are going to go another way when persecution comes upon the church. And, and maybe that's a good thing, because right now, unless you have been around someone for a period of time and they say they're a Christian, you really don't know yeah. because you haven't been able to examine their fruit. And, of course, that's ultimately the test for whether or not a Christian is truly born again or not, is they demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. And they uh, love God more than they love the world, and we see so few of that today. I know that you're familiar with the Barner Report that said, 86% of Americans profess to be Christians, and you really find that hard to believe. You've yes. got to recognize that many of those are false converts that have either heard a, a compromised gospel and believe that, or they've been evangelized by unbiblical methods. That's right. Mike, hang on just a moment. We do need to pause for another very quick break. Mike Gentron from Proclaiming the Gospel, my guest, talking about righteousness and justice. We'll come right back here on Janet Meffer Today. Janet Meffer today is proud to partner with Preborn to help save babies' lives. Hi, this is Dan Steiner, president of Preborn, and I want to send a big thank you for standing for life to you. Because of listeners like you in 2020, Preborn sponsored over 45,000 free ultrasound sessions to women in need, saved over 31,000 babies 
and prayed with over 6,500 women to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord. The battle rages on in 2021 at an even greater level, and our goal is to give Planned Parenthood the biggest competition ever. Will you join us in saving babies' lives? Preborn funds pregnancy centers across the nation so they can offer free ultrasounds to women in crisis pregnancies. Ultrasound is a game changer because when abortion-minded women actually see their babies in their wombs for themselves, 80% of the time, they choose life. Would you please join us at Janet Meffer today to support the ministry of Preborn? For $140, you can provide five free ultrasounds to women in crisis pregnancies. One ultrasound is just $28, and every gift helps. To donate, please call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229, or there's a banner to click at JanetMafford.com. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your gift goes directly towards saving babies. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. You can get involved and you can help save a life for a gift of $140. Five free ultrasounds will be offered to women in crisis pregnancies. Let's do more than talk about abortion. Let's save some lives. Please call now with your gift, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-BABY. 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Well, it is the case that the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. He is holy, holy, holy. And any righteousness that we have as Christians is imputed to us because of God's grace and mercy through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Mike Gendron is with us from Proclaiming the Gospel. Proclaimingthegospel.org is the website. Check them out because they have some fantastic newsletters and resources for you. And Mike just does a fantastic job upholding Jesus Christ day after day after day. Mike, when we're talking about the end times, when we're talking about seeing a waning of righteousness and justice in national terms, we see the rule of law being disdained. We're seeing the rise of anarchy and lawlessness. And the Bible talks about these things. And we're seeing false converts in the church and we're seeing all kinds of problems inside the church. We still have to go to scripture and look at Jesus's words that we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the rest of the things that we need will be added unto us. That takes on a new meaning today. As I was mentioning with the Beatitudes about hungering for thirsting, thirsting for righteousness. How do you look at that issue of how Christians right now should be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, no matter what the culture is doing? Well, it's another good question. And we recognize that we are being distracted today by the allurements of the world. And so it's so easily to get off track and to forget that God seeks worshipers in spirit and in truth. And we are to adore our Lord Jesus and worship him. And when we get distracted, we need to come back to the word of God. And I'm just encouraging all of your listeners to make sure that you are abiding in God's word because that is the anchor of our soul. That's what's going to keep us on the straight and narrow as the world continues to try and remove us from the narrow path. We need to realize that the goal of the wicked left is to eliminate our Christian influence 
and to silence our moral values and our moral voices. I mean, everywhere you look, Janet, that's what's happening today. So more than ever as Christians, we need to speak the truth in love. We need to live by the truth. We need to be defending the truth. We cannot be silent or apathetic. So what's concerning is that so many people today that go to church are so easily swayed by worldly influences. And I think, as we said earlier, this is going to be the polarizing effect. When persecution comes, the pretenders and the false converts are going to go away. And what's going to be left are those who are standing on the truth of God's word. Well, right. I'm going to Proverbs 16, because this is another great passage contrasting the upright with the wicked. And it says, starting in verse four, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished by loving kindness and truth. Iniquity is atoned for and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. There it is, Mike. The fear of the Lord is what keeps us from evil. When you take away the fear of the Lord, then anything is possible. You can do whatever is right in your own eyes. Going back to the book of Judges, that's where we are right now. But yet we're to be slaves of righteousness. What does that mean? How do you encourage Christians in this hour to be slaves of righteousness and to be more fully devoted to following the Lord Jesus Christ than ever before when we have more hostility raised against us than ever before? Well, one of the things that helps me is to recognize that we are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven, that this is our temporary home that we're only passing through. And the Lord has given us 60 or 70 years to stand for the truth, to proclaim his glorious gospel of grace. You know, that's the best way we can beat the wicked culture is to make enemies of God, friends of God, by proclaiming the gospel and calling them to repentance and faith. And I know that's why the Lord has left us here. He doesn't take us to heaven the moment we're born again, but he leaves us here. He passed the baton to his church to seek after those who will never seek after the true God. And so we need to encourage one another not to lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Hmm. The words of Paul in Galatians 6, 9. And so God uses these trials in our lives to test our faith. Are we going to remain faithful to God, or are we going to be turning away from God because the trials are getting too difficult? So each test we pass, we bring glory to God, and it really strengthens our faith. And I think if you look through the Old Testament, you see this is what God used to test the faith of the Israelites and to strengthen their faith. And so... We need to be ready to do the same for our Lord. Yeah, I was reading a book by John Knox just a few days ago, and he was making the point, did God bring Israel to the point of total collapse to abandon them? or to deliver them in their greatest hour? And will God not also deliver his own when we are at our greatest hour? And I love that. And the verse that I keep going back to is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You know, just hearing these verses and the verses that you've been saying, Mike, on Sunday morning and throughout the week and reading them for myself and studying them for myself, That's what keeps you going is the reminder, whose are you? Who do you belong to? Where are you headed? I have a plaque on my desk that just says, keep going. 
And I, I, I love that because for me, that encapsulates the whole thing. No matter where you are as a Christian, no matter what's going on, continue to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Keep going. Put the next foot in front of the last foot and just keep it up until you get to heaven. I mean, maybe that's too simplistic, but do, do you feel the same way when you're toiling through what you're doing in your ministry? Well, I do. And I am reminded that um, the victory in the battle is the Lord's. And so we need to stay close to him. He never moves, but we're the ones that move away. But as you have encouraged us through the scripture, you know, we need to abide in God's word and we need to read these scriptures that really uh, encourage us and they strengthen us for the battles that are coming ahead. And we also need to realize from Ephesians 6 that, you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but of the principalities and the powers of this world, the, the kingdom of darkness. And so, because that's where we need to put on the full armor of God and to fight the fight of faith. We need to contend earnestly for the purity and the exclusivity of the gospel, because it's um, the devil and his agents that are trying to compromise it and to lead people away and to really attack the gospel. I I think he's attacking it more than ever because he knows his days are numbered. And uh, more than ever, I think we're seeing that he's successful in doing that with the state of the church in America today. Well, right. And and you go back to this uh, beatitude that I was talking about before about, you know, how long do we have to yearn for righteousness and justice before we will be satisfied? Jesus assured us that we will be satisfied. Our hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. How do you see the fulfillment of that verse coming about? Well, my yearn for heaven where righteousness dwells where there's no longer any sin and so that's where we need to keep our focus on heavenly things and i think more than ever if we're encouraged by the word of god and we are submitting to the authority of god's word we continue to worship god in spirit and in truth and i think it's important too that we surround ourselves with like-minded believers because we're not in this fight alone we've got um, christians that will stand with us and i'm just again so amazed at the testimony of god's grace when we had people all over the world praying for the resolution of this, uh, really, I thought it was a spiritual battle, and so <laughs> the victory was the Lord's, and we praise Him for the outcome. That's great. So more than ever, I think we need to be united with other Christians, to be in prayer with one another, encourage one another, and do all the one another's that we see in the Bible, because the days are going to get more and more wicked as yeah. the yeah. day of our Lord approaches. Well, that's right, and and what is driven home to me more and more these days, Mike, and I know you and I have talked about this off air, is how important it is as we are worshiping our holy God that we exhibit holiness in our lives, because that you look at the statistics on abortion in the church and divorce in the church and all of the terrible sins that we see that are almost as high among professing Christians as they are among non-Christians. Christians. And it's a scourge. It's an, it's just a, a shame, a blight on the church of Jesus Christ when we behave no differently than the world. These are days when we really need to more than ever follow Jesus Christ and obey him. And I, I'm hoping and praying that we'll hear more of that from our pulpits as things get darker. Well, that's the way we can demonstrate our love for our Savior is to be obedient to who, to who, who he is and to the commands that he has given us. So, again, the exhortation is to abide in God's word because the days are getting more and more evil. We need to be encouraged by the word of God. And I think the scriptures that you have shared and that I've shared during this program, I hope will help people 
be encouraged that we're passing through, that we're on our way to heaven where righteousness dwells. That's right. I can't wait. But in the interim, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh. And either way, it's great. Mike Gendron from Proclaiming the Gospel. Check his website out, proclaimingthegospel.org. And Mike's books are terrific. Mike, we are so thankful for you and Jane and for your ministry. And thanks for being with us once again. You're always a blessing. Well, thank you, Janet. We feel the same about your ministry, so keep proclaiming the truth. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you for the encouragement, Mike. God bless you. Thanks for joining us here on Janet Mefford today. We always appreciate you tuning in. Hope you'll do it again next time. God bless. 